0: Hello, welcome to Solomon's Temple. This episode, I wanted to sort of branch out a little bit and go into sociology. I'm borrowing from Norman K. Denzen and Yvonne S. Lincoln in their book on strategies of qualitative inquiry. So quantitative, we think of quantities, samples, just resting points of data. That we can reference and then qualitative is sort of the experience of or the severity of the data the focus being to what effect experientially does the phenomenon question or the data being presented how important and to to what extent can we view this data as being truly gaugeable on a moral or ethical lens how does it make us feel and what is its significance In this view is saturated with experience and perception of the phenomena being examined. The first example that is illustrated in the book is the physician's studies of a child because of the child being ill. The symptoms are both qualitative and quantitative. The physician's record of the child is more quantitative than qualitative. The social worker studies the child because the child is neglected. Now the symptoms of the neglect are both qualitative and quantitative. The records that the social worker keeps are more qualitative than quantitative, as opposed to the physician's record simply being more quantitative than qualitative. So the two fields have a different emphasis on what is being highlighted highlighted during uh, what is being recorded and what is being studied. Case studies have a certain interest, a a vested interest in individual cases and the methods that are being used to interpret the, the data that is found there. Social, cultural, political, and other contexts are sort of framed around the issues of what constitutes and who is to blame for the kind of quality of care that a child needs or what might explain the quantity of symptoms that a child is producing and you sort of they bring up like discussions of how you engage with it like in order to perceive what the child is going through the medication is it the kind of treatment that is that is being carried out that kind of explains this is it a, a more general context of, of, of health concerning where the child lives is it the parents don't feed him or her correctly is there some sort of abuse going on that we can't explain physically that might lead lead to physical symptoms and it's through this triangulation method that we perceive how this even comes to exist. The things apprehended are are kind of lame data points that just suggest objectively what is happening and then it's up to you to sort of examine as a case study maybe for a sick child or why the child is sick or or whatever it might be if there's a abuse allegation or whatever it might be why why the studies are being done on individual cases there's a a need to examine it from multiple facets objectively so that you don't sort of triangulate your way in only one way otherwise that would be a sort of unfair management of of perception on the side of the researcher it would be like a condemning sort of manner and it's not going to court necessarily to view health holistically, some people do not do vaccinations, and there's a greater understanding of the significance of vaccinations in terms of disease and maybe describing why certain populations die of one thing or another, that if you a- ignore those risks, that that is potentially an unethical framework of treating your child It could be considered neglect, but of course there's a cultural instance of denying the force of neglect in that context. It's more of a political or cultural uh, sub-species of neglect, but that isn't seen as neglect. So as as an individual case, you'd have to examine uh, the responsibility of, of neglect and whether or not the neglect is being uptaken in a proper view. Maybe unvaccinated people are putting others at risk, that they should be vaccinated before they go out, but also these instances vary based on the perception of the virus that is currently happening. I have not been vaccinated. I do not feel like I need to be. If you are vaccinated, then if I am carrying, well, you're vaccinated. If you are not vaccinated and you are out, then don't go out if you are concerned. And that is your prerogative to make your own decisions, and so too would it be mine. There are cases involving inclusion around the classroom, one of which I was a part of in second grade. Now, there were teachers suggesting that I become a part of another classroom to, to have special help. In other words, a part-time special ed gig was coming my way. <laughs> and of course, I, I had average grades. I had a hard time listening and stuff and I would fall behind and, and things would get hard. But that's not because I belong there and I protested of course and little did they know you know I graduated with a college degree later on and and did better throughout the rest of my my school career but you know I didn't want to be excluded from the regular curriculum And, and and people also want to do this with kids who are slow and who maybe would benefit surely from another classroom and in some cases if you look at it intrinsically from the point of view of the student Maybe they do, maybe they don't. You know, I certainly had free will, but in some sense, you can convince someone that that certain things would be better for them, that they're going to change classrooms, or this is better for you. And it could be a pride thing, but also a parent's consent. Like, I don't want my child to be demoted into this classroom here. I don't think that um, that would be beneficial for them, even though the teachers and maybe even the school would suggest otherwise. And, of course, there is... um, slow individuals that will not be like Forrest Gump's, you know, to reference something pop culture, like Forrest Gump's mom, like, you're not going to put my son in a special room. He's going to be like everyone else and, and go along with what everyone else is doing. To not make him feel so different in that way, to be demoted to a sense of equality with this, to be in a regular classroom. And of course, my case is a lot different than others. I knew what the value of my mental capacity was. I did go to college, I accomplished a lot in my academic career, I suppose, and I'm genius in some categories, so I'm certainly not slow. That really took a hit on my pride. So of course, in a hermeneutic sense, the ones that think they know best, the ones that teach not not necessarily know best, the perception of the individual that is being inflicted with the suggestions of exclusion I certainly would have the upper hand in self-determination and the proper free will to define what they want to do and their choice and what options they have at their disposal. And of course, I think certain cultures um, have more of an independent um, free will type of mentality versus do whatever the leader says sort of thing. So it could be just cultural or political. So in this way, even the practice of law, in a sense, they say, could be called a case study or ethnographers people that go to different cultures or groups and sit among them and gather their observations critical theorists institutional demographers conceptual and stylistic patterns that are that amplify the taxonomy of the case research the social sciences and social services so many different kinds of professionals can collect data on a similar instance but in order to categorize what is what is being emphasized is more for the method at arriving at what is being talked about and how it's being talked about. There are three different methods. Intrinsic, instrumental, and collective. Intrinsic cases are for those cases that want to be better understood. Instrumental case studies are more for a particular case being examined to provide more insight into the issue or redraw a sort of generalization or collect even more secondary information, secondary interest, and is more of a supportive context to look deeper into the details and interests that have already been looked into. It's hard not to have leading questions when examining certain topics of inquiry, whether it's who initiated their advocacy of regional forest planning, was their hiring policy announced? In what ways did the changes in hiring policy require a change in performance standards? Or did the addiction therapy originally developed for male clients need a reconceptualization for women? You can abstract out all different kinds of relational elements to the same topic at hand if you just generate more questions. Like what are the results of these changes? Do they lead to other issues? A lot of which are more hypothetical or as a possibility, but they are leading in form, and they sort of might be less purely observational and purely objective and just very graphically logical. It seems to be take a little more of a subjective route, having not answered or asked other questions. What underlying forces within the mind of the inquirer are they leading on? In what ways do, does the mind inquiring lead on a certain kind of supposition that frames the whole intrinsic nature of the study to lead people to believe one thing and omit others? And how would you triangulate all this data from multiple researchers onto themselves in a more collective and holistic vision of what the case is supposed to represent as a whole? And how can you transmit this information to everyone else and to be able to view phenomena socially in a more political way or or a democratic way different contextual analysis can exist alongside each other and any singular case can have different varying dimensions and domains based on what is sampled what kinds of answers are brought on from questions would vary by the relationship that is made towards certain groups within the phenomena. There would be an examination of complexities and the qualitative research would be based on a view of social phenomena and dilemmas uh, that are situational and experiential and have many different kinds of uh, findings. It would be more of a reflective task and a critical engagement to try to decide what is going on in any case, for it would be empirically impossible to gather everything going on in a scenario just upon glancing. Glancing at it, the The quality of the data would change based on how much you end up gathering on an issue. The perspectives being interpreted would have to be stacked, one, against Another one issue of the examination that I thought was rather interesting in casework was examining why hostages behave the way they do. We want to generalize about who hostages are and the hostage taking behavior, but in each case in each case there's a uh, stronger or weaker representation of a of a group of interests within a hostage like who is the hostage and why are they taking hostages? There is an interest of a hostage to be free of the captor, but then the captor has their own dilemma going on, and they do not want to become a captor or a captive as well. They don't want to be captured, even though they're capturing somebody else. There's sort of a weird dilemma with that, and then they have a reason for holding someone hostage to begin with, and then there's a reason to capture the person capturing a hostage again. So there's also the perception of that. It says that the phenomena of hostage-taking, if we want to improve our understanding of it, is to fit it into what we know about criminology, conflict resolutions, and human relations, and all the various abstract dimensions that go along with that. And then also there is an element of philosophy and politics and subcultural phenomena that aren't as easily accessible case by case. It says in the book, we want to generalize about hostage taking without special interests in any of those case studies that are available. So the representational grounds, the epistemological opportunity is small in order to to totally know how we know about these kinds of behaviors in order to explain them within their own right. Hostages are standby victims usually And of course, hostages could also be just the child of a father, done for similar reasons, yet are a totally different dynamic unto itself. There is, in qualitative researching, a strong expectation that a reality and a perception of the people inside and outside of the case will be social, cultural, situational, and contextual, and that they will interact and function within context gaining clarity on all these different perspectives is very hard when trying to decide on what is a good analysis of, of social phenomenon and behavioral phenomena political economic whatever it might be that there might be an ill-structured or socially constructed thing that isn't tolerated by research or the perception of people because it's ambiguous multifaceted. And one way to get to one's own perception and validity about how these events and things are communicated in abstract in this abstract sense that the reader needs a sense of a situation of the observation and how this reporting is being, uh, how it corresponds with their already preconceived realities and that in order to confirm what is more accurate that you need to be able to go go and interpret multiple generalities and descriptions and interpretations and theories in order to evaluate and make a, a clear judgment so triangulation is considered a process of using multiple perceptions in order to clarify what something means or to to verify something repeatedly in order to gain a demarcation criteria if you want to be like Pop- karl popper like falsification or something but but that's the best way in order to clarify and identify different ways of the case being seen so that the researcher has a diversity of perception, multiple realities in which people live and it helps to just simply identify the realities so that one might structurally come to a better agreement in their own head and among their peers and maybe limit arguments. And of course just the conceptions that are encountered through life experience could be encountered vicariously but we have enduring meanings, Um, things affect us experientially uh, with without the explanation of of what the force really is and no need to really modify it because it's just reinforced by the encounter itself so people provide their own little narratives on what counts as the perception many people have associations to words but what about the relationships of words in hypothetical orders and uh, brought into theories into greater horizons of complexity emerge, there's a generalization and an unconscious sort of process for people's reality and psychology between the one writing up the research and the reader. Of course, it would be a a reader response sort of theory. And of course, there would be plenty of this concerning this podcast and everything I'm talking about. Whatever topic it is, you relate to it differently. You have more to say or less. There's a very important sense of pedagogically or the way in which I'm transmitting information is well received, but is also very hard to do to be in, in order to accommodate what the reader or listener's pre existing knowledge is. I try to keep it simple as possible, but also these topics are they they take a lot of time to sort of settle settle into one's framework of knowing or ability to comprehend it may require a reading level that's college level or a familiarity with college information so it may not slap immediately with some people but i'm just assuming that a, a lot of adults are are there people most people are pretty smart but at any rate um a lot of this kind of stuff is also a narrative uh, sort of style as well issues concerning all different kinds of things from whether a child is, is suffering neglect or based on medical data or someone is being discriminated on for not being in a regular classroom is based largely on how, how these issues are handled. There's a lot that goes into it and um, the interpretation of what the quant- quantitative data is supposed to mean. And this meaning is more qualitative. That is arrived at in the perception of how the data is interpreted and what the story is saying. One thought that kind of came to mind was, well, how criminal is Cool Hand Luke? He cut off some some meters on the on the side of on the sidewalk because he didn't like how a system would collect more money from people just just because they need to park somewhere. Almost like people are getting trapped into a money scheme that he doesn't believe in, so he wants to take it down himself. Does it really drunk? So it's a, like a rebellious sort of instance. Um, but of course isn't there another way like tax money that goes into paying for the streets or wherever this money is going into from the meters and why would we need another means of doing that unless simply it's a a scheme to make more money for other institutions like it's a a furtherance of of social control or something like this or further generation of an excuse to make more money even though you can observe you know the, the structure and framework of p- economics and and political decisions in a local in a local way It can be done through decision making in a more general sense rather than having things in place that people must abide to yeah coercive measures and, and you could probably just case study the the view of destroying public property and in that form of criminology or you could turn it on its head and look at another perspective on why rebellion is, you know, never hurt uh, the social order or whatever it might be. And that's just kind of going off uh, on a little tangent there, but there's uh, personal views and circumstances and ethics and a a right for people to know where people are coming from. But in essence, uh, a summary of, of the conceptual responsibilities of a qualitative case researcher include these, bounding the case, conceptualizing the object of study, selecting phenomena and themes and issues in order to be emphasized, seeking patterns of data and developing the issues, triangulating observations and basis bases for interpretation of the events and selecting alternative interpretations in order to pursue them and developing assertions and generalizations about the case. Worth looking into to examine when you're talking about different issues thought I would lay it out here as a little bit of a guide. I'm not an expert in this at all, but I'm interested and I thought it was interesting. So here we are. So have fun and, and look at data, read case studies, open up the book. All right, see you next time. Bye.